as it can. Uh, we are it sure is. Yep, we're recording. Uh, gonna check in on most of the festivals happened. Uh, yeah. What do we? Been a think... lot of a lot of reactions. Yeah. What do we think Emilio uh, is doing right now at three thirty a.m. Sleeping, hopefully. I God, yeah. I hope he's asleep. ideally sleeping. Yeah, it's been quite a day. Three thirty a.m. You said <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. That is the time in France right now. That's why um, he better be asleep. <laughs> I'll be pissed if he's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been uh... that's insane. <laughs> now, what's, what's the latest you ever stayed up at TIFF? At TIFF? Yeah, like. Probably like one or two a.m. But like, sure. That's like while I'm at my, uh, you know, where my lodging <laughs> before sure. I fall yeah, asleep. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I we're getting a, an incoming call. I think. What oh no! <laughs> God, I hope it's not Emilio. <laughs> Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by Andy Germuga, Colin Ashley, Emilio Diaz. Shouldn't you be asleep by now? I fucking hate this. <laughs> How's Can? Well, I'll tell a little. You're you're too. I'll tell a little story to so we can start off what we're gonna talk about today. So great, yeah. Tonight we got a lot on the agenda. Tonight mm-hmm. was the premiere of uh, the new Nanny Moretti film, A Brighter Tomorrow, mm-hmm. which I watched. It got out of I got out of the theater at like eleven fifty, which considering it started at ten thirty, it's very funny. So that's like an eighty minute movie. Mm-hmm. I went to a McDonald's that's very near the Palais Can. There was some. There were some issues with my order, so I was there for longer than I wanted sure. to be. Some of those people do yeah. French fries. And then I had to walk across the entire croissant in the opposite direction to get to my Airbnb from the McDonald's. And walking down that direction is very interesting because you like walk past the beach and there are a lot of bars and a lot of things near the beach. Right. That happen in town. That happen in town. And it's a good place to just spot a random famous person or just person you would recognize. Two nights ago, my first night, I mean, I guess one night ago, my first night at Cannes, I randomly saw NBA player Rudy Gobert, famously one of the defining images of the, the start of coronavirus. Yeah, he started COVID. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> and th- today, I, I didn't really see that many people, even though the parties were very happening. I guess it was a little later than yesterday, so people were probably inside the parties rather than walking around. And the one person I did see somebody stop on the street and just try to shake their hand for too long, a one Mr. Thierry Fremont. 
Well. Holy shit. He's out late. He's out late. How much sleep do you think Terry's getting during during the camp? Clearly not I enough. I don't think he's... Yeah, I don't think he's getting a lot of sleep. Yeah, he ever. seems stressed out. He's not <laughs> operating. He's, like, approaching, like... Charlie Sheen on winning levels. Like, I feel like. I'm waiting for him to drive through his garage door. Yeah. I guess I did say in the group chat uh, less than a week ago that I thought he was uh, less than a year away from pulling a Bradley Cooper in Star is Born, which is the same. We have, I mean, we have a lot to talk about. But we gotta talk about for Mo. Yeah. I, I mean, it's been quite uh since we've last talked it's been quite a i guess a week and a half for him uh we had the festival starting off with him uh giving uh a wonderful press conference in which he uh said well if this was a festival for rapists then you all wouldn't be here listening to me uh, uh and also you wouldn't be complaining that you w- can't get tickets this was at the right. same time yep. mm-hmm. that People were complaining about, that's you right. know, noted piece of shit, uh, Johnny Depp's film yeah. with my yeah. win. Yeah. Uh, and it was sort of like the, the, the peak of that timed with the can website yeah. for press being, or for everyone going, being complete ass for the ticket yes. selection. And also, and he's like, oh, you don't like how hard it is to get a ticket? I guess it's you, it's your fault then. If, if, if you wanted yeah. to hate it so bad, you wouldn't try and get a ticket so hard. Yeah, you know, also, he, he was also responding to uh, Adele Hanel had written uh, the letter about why she's leaving the film industry and yes. uh, mentioned Can, and he was like, oh, I don't know how she could possibly have felt like that unless she, when she was here, unless she was suffering for some crazy dissonance which like yeah no shit jackass yeah um and you know it's been it's been a week since you know a week or so since then that's been not a not a great week he was uh stopped on the street with for uh riding a bicycle got hassled by some cops yeah Uh law enforcement was like giving him a really hard time about it yeah um um, I saw uh, uh, Esther Zuckerman tweeted that she saw him fall down. That's uh, funny. <laughs> and then <laughs> he fell down the steps. Uh, so you know, I not know if it was on the steps, but not a good week since that uh, low light of the press conference. But then we have today uh, Victor Arise writing an open letter saying that. Uh, he was not told until the press conference where everyone else heard that uh, his movie was going to be in the Cannes premiere section. So he did yes. not have the option to say no. Right. This uh, is famously at the press conference. He said like, right. oh, everyone wants to be in Cannes right. premieres. Which were, like, like, it was already <laughs> becoming clear. Like, I don't think like it. You know, I was hearing critics say that like it was it is hard to see the movies that are playing in fan premiere and like they are getting reviewed much less. This is, you know, it was clearly it was full of shit that this is uh, uh, a, a slot. The hot new want. section that filmmakers want to yes. be in. But then, yeah, I mean, he, he said like he was offered the opportunity to open director's fortnight. He had talked Whoa. to Ricardo about being in competition there and then was like, and was like, I would like to do one of those yeah. things. 
and did not have the chance. Yeah, the open letter uh, literally mentions Locarno and Venice. I believe both as yeah. like I had offers from them. I could have done that. Yeah, which like yeah. again we were saying at the time like it's it's Vic. Yes, yeah. it's he's coming back for the first time in thirty years and is this huge director? How is he not in competition? And clearly, other festivals felt that way as well and would have been happy to have him. Uh, and I I heard that yesterday as well. Uh, Lisandro Alonso was like yelling yeah. it from O before his movie started about why the fuck am I playing here so yeah and I he was like if you wanted to be in competition you would complain that it's a festival <laughs> for rapists yeah so you know we, <laughs> we're banning complaining along with protesters there's been banned some, open letters there's been some somewhat <laughs> light-hearted poking at Terry Frimo on this podcast over the past sure Four years, I guess, and, uh, and we're shifting gears. So, yeah, some we're jokes about gears. Co- Get conducting this exit guy interviews that are gonna yeah. end. Yeah. yeah, we're shifting gears to uh, changing from poking to stabbing. Yeah, Amelia <laughs> uh, did before he knew he was gonna be here. At <coughs> the question of, uh, would you take the over under on two point five more years of him in charge of the festival? And I do think. Until the RSA letter today, I would have just been like, well, it's France. They actually are just happy right. to have him. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, if he, right. like... If filmmakers, like, yeah, stop submitting exactly. to Exactly. Like, if he like... cannot uh, <laughs> yeah. fix the way he interacts with filmmakers, then I think it's, Which like... is, like, the one thing he has is that yeah. he has, like, great relationships right. with filmmakers Like, he can whatever. get any movie, so he has the easiest job, so he can't fuck it up. So if he does fuck that up... And so I would imagine that that is, like, the thing that he will be willing to backtrack on though not yet the Cannes Film Festival uh released uh th- their response was basically like uh we tried to tell RSA and I guess it must have gotten lost in the mail oh, yeah uh so if he cannot successfully backtrack on this I think that could be like actually oh they need to get rid of him Mm-hmm. I think if not, he'll just whatever be able to do the same graceful step back that Jill Jacob did in like ten years or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. it it's certainly not an unfamiliar situation for to have an organization like this where everyone who is in the organization can tell it's incompetently run everyone from without the organization can tell and just like the person at the top and whatever board they're answering to are just like we don't give a shit like it it would not surprise me in any case if they were just like whatever he's got our backing he can just do whatever he wants and in five years can is just like struggling to get movies like that wouldn't shock me either but we'll see yeah i think i would take it i mean yeah you made a great point that it is just like if he recognizes it's a problem and does the work to fix it um then you know obviously like you can take the over. And I can imagine right. a world where it's like, he'll do it until he dies. And like um, that, if he can fix that one thing, then I don't think he has to address anything else. No, yes. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, 
I, I mean, I the... I certainly would like it to be the under. Uh, but... Uh, but I can also see a world where he's like, you know, not to be like sympathetic, but he, where he's just like, I can't cut it in this world where <laughs> the woke mafia and the directors sure. don't like me anymore. I can see and that. he's just like, the I'm French cutting it off. Of like, sure. I'm or even just like, being like, oh, it seems like we need some new blood in here. I'm yeah. going to. Uh, select my successor and yes, yes. you know yeah. well, that, that could happen to... like soon I could see yeah. and then him being you know not totally out but not the person calling shots within the next few years yeah well he'll my uh... Austin, Texas start working for South by <laughs> fantastic fest uh, yeah my thing was sort of based on two things which is one of them is like Ken recently had a leadership change above him, right? Where I believe there was like a new CEO, like president or I whatever. I think that's right. Who yeah. was the person who was at him at the press conference announcing the movies. So, which all, always like, whenever there is change above you, you always wonder like, right. is this person going to bring in whoever they want? Or they, they have no attachment to Fremo and they're just like, sure, if this person's causing troubles, then we'll get a new person. Yeah. And the second thing is that I believe Jacob did the job since like he was did like seventy eight to oh one, which is like twenty three years, which makes it like oh okay. one to twenty three is like twenty two years. So yeah, Mo so and Jacob have now like been doing the job for like approximately the same time. He could, right, he could do like a classy head held high. Like yeah. I, it's, my time okay. is done. I mean, he won't. But yeah, like... yeah, the term of a can. Right. Yeah, president he's, he's reaching the natural years. end of the life cycle potentially if he wanted to. Yeah, I can. And then Ostland's gonna take over. <laughs> I don't think he could because he wants to win four now, right? Well, sure, so yeah. he's well, no, he's only four if he has to give it to Ken Loach because he makes That's the true. best movie. <laughs> haven't heard anything about that. That one hasn't premiered. No, yet. it's. No. I think it's the last day. Is that sure. and the Roar Rocker? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think that job would go to a French person. It was... Sure, yes, I was just saying, yes. Yeah. But, you don't know. It's all just, I think, like, three months ago, I would have been like, he's going to do that job till he dies, or it's like, you know, not of composmentis or whatever, to, he just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And now, this, after this week, I think what you said is right, Jesse, that Filmmakers getting mad at him is a worse look than whatever the rapist thing is in terms of job security because his one thing is yeah. like preserving relationships. I also think the May December thing is sort of a weird bad look on him that we maybe. What did I miss this? That Netflix bought it. Oh sure, oh, yes. Sure. Oh, but that happens every few years. Like they bought Happy as Lazaro. Yeah, I think Atlantic. That one specific movie. I don't know. It just struck me as like, and while the festival is still happening, like not even. I mean, I think they also they didn't even courtesy way to like after uh, when they buy these movies. I think they do not buy the French rights. I think they're not allowed to do that. They're only buying U.S. and maybe other territories. So it, you know, it's not a great look, but it theoretically does not actually have anything to do with the. uh, with the mandate, and I also I think that is not a him mandate. I think that is a, the thing above the people above him. I think he would be happy to be like, yeah, we'll just take Netflix movies. Who cares? 
is yeah. the impression I've gotten from interviews. Maybe. You know, obviously him being a little more tactful than that, but... Do we want to talk about the movies that have played? Sure. There's something else on the outline before that. Uh, I mean, we, we, did, we jumped over it. I did want to respond to a little bit of uh, listener feedback that was not... Uh, directed towards me but was conveyed to me which is uh, there was a suggestion that we were being unfair to uh, Jim Jarmusch's band Squirrel and I want to be very clear that uh, as a person who has vocally defended the dead don't die and who would most likely I'm sure that if I listened to the Squirrel album I would enjoy it Nonetheless, I very much, uh, with, I, I, I will keep the right to make fun of Jim Jarmusch's band Squirrel. Same, but not because I like Dead Don't Die, just because it's called Squirrel. And And yeah, that's, that's a, that's a a fair reason as well, I think. And, uh, I of course have the right because I hold the position that there's never been a good band, so... Uh, you maybe don't have the right. So I'm gonna edit in uh, longer silence. <laughs> really let everyone sit and you saying that. <laughs> we do. Colin uh, finds a stretch got... silence option on Audacity. Oh, I'm I'm just gonna record the wind, <laughs> drop it in, get some crickets, yeah. old timey phone ringing, <laughs> <laughs> some soft booze maybe. The Jeopardy fan. so. We're yeah. going to take the uh, the format from last year uh, yep. that we did at this point, which is that we're going to go through the screen jury grid. Uh, who they, They've got a panel of, I believe this year, it's 11 critics who rate films on a scale of 0 to 4. And we're going to go from the top to right. the bottom in terms of average. So we are missing six movies uh two of which premiered today and we don't have scores for and four of which will premiere over the next couple days uh but let's just go ahead and start at the bottom with uh the first of three movies in a row that are uh movies with big american stars that uh everyone fucking hated uh and the worst of those at 1.3 1.3 which is uh, not well, it's, a, it's two is like base basically fine right or something basically it's, I, it's a little know, bit of a weird scale right it's it's zero to four so you know yeah. it's what that means so in, in terms of like where things have tended to lie like 1.3 is not like historically low but there are definitely years in which there is not a movie that is that low i don't think anything quite was last year uh, and so we are starting, of course, with uh, Black Flies, the movie uh, starring Sean Penn and Ty Sheridan. Yeah. Uh, that I do do not have anything to say about. It just sounds like it sucks, and he picked it because Sean Penn is in it. Yeah. Um, yeah those those great li- relationships we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Anyone have about paramedics? Anything? Yeah. Is this? I I was reading something or seeing something about Ty Sheridan starting a production company. Is this part of that? Maybe. Or... I mean, this is I this is a French director making yeah. his first English language movie. 
uh, and then the two movies we're about to talk about are also uh, directors who did not start off making English language movies, though one of them, it's their second. Uh, but yeah, I. it would be funny if Ty Sharon had been like, I'm starting off my uh, production company by hiring this guy who makes like pulpy French movies that no one's heard of, but... Um, I would not guess that's what happened. He, I'm gonna read this and then I'll 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 circle back to it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I did I did see that. Um, Sean Penn gave like some good quotes about the writer strike while there. Then that's something that I have sort of been tracking a little bit. Is just like mm-hmm. the impact of like people asking about the strike or what the what the sure. response to the strike has been. I know there was like some wonder people wondering about like would writers not be attending that uh-huh. sort of a thing because obviously it's like the the, the French oh. industry is not like but also like if these are owned by right. studios like yeah. they shouldn't be promoting them and that sort of a thing uh, that had just sort of has been something that I've been sort of following along mm. with um, and I do am curious what the impact on fall festivals would be of that also especially if there sure. are like US based ones that are that are affected in that sort of sure, a thing sure yeah I mean um, I think at the time that these movies premiered, I think the only one that was financed by, like, a big American studio was Asteroid City. Uh, and, you know, right. now you've got Netflix involved in May-December. Yeah, so um, the director of Black Flies flew to Utah while Ty Sheridan was working on a different film to convince him to be in it. <laughs> and uh, this is Ty Sheridan launching a production company... Uh, Dogwood Pictures with Black Flies as his debut. Um, All right. So well, yes, that's what it was. Good luck and in the, the big... future, Ty. Uh, yeah. Sorry, the first. You got into Cannes. That's so, huge. I mean, yeah. Big reunion of them, uh, Sean Penn and Ty Sheridan from Tree of Life. Which of course. I I don't ever think about them being in that together. <laughs> right? Do they have any scenes together? No. Yeah, they're... I mean at the end, Do but they? Like, not well. Just like when he's walking and it's everybody. Oh, like, sure. I'm sure he's okay. around, but they don't have, yeah. they don't interact, obviously. Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. So next, up, uh, next the big one. Yeah, a big one. Uh, at one point seven, so still, you know, below two is definitely right. like not a bad score, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, Jessica Hausner's Club Zero. Uh, this is not. Uh, not her, one for the uh, little Joe heads, apparently. Well, no, I think there's <laughs> definitely people who like this movie, and it's a similar contingent to the type of people who like Little Joe. What this isn't is the her convincing people that she can make a movie in English. Uh, yeah. with, but the dif- you know, I, I, I the difference is that I feel like Little Joe, I think, was met with a lot of indifference and dismissiveness. Where as this, people seem like people wrote like angry reviews. People were like, oh, is- people were <laughs> mad. No, people were mad about Little Joe too. People got really mad about Little Joe. It's a very similar reception. Uh, to which the answer again is going to be Jessica Hausner is not a satirist. Uh, whatever point you think she is making is uh, not what's going on. Uh, you did. I I don't want to, you know, p- call you out, Jesse. You did oh, share a clip sure. to our group DM. I sh- yeah, I shared a clip and was like, 
maybe I was wrong. And, you yeah. know, it was just a clip. Maybe I'll yeah. see the whole movie and it'll work, uh, you know, it'll tie together just as well as Little Joe does. But I was like, it's certainly the most doubt I've felt uh, since seeing Little Joe. I was like, maybe I did fool myself, but I think it's probably good. Uh, and then okay. it went, yeah, just just a, a decimal up at 1.8, we've got... Again, another movie with uh, big movie stars in it that, again, I have truly heard nothing about other than people just being like, it's not very good. Uh, Firebrand, the Kareem Ainous movie with right. Alicia Vikander and Jude Law. Which, like, yes, I have and heard... Simon Russin Beale. Sure. Eddie I mean, Marzen. I, yeah. I have heard good things about his movies previous to this. I... It certainly like Invisible a little... Life, Andy. You, uh, I feel like that's an early, yes, uh, that's podcast. Right. You, you. I, I remember you mm-hmm. liked Invisible Life. Sure. Quite yeah, a bit. I remember I watched that for something or other. I think maybe for Indie Spirits, it was like got that a, sounds sure. right. Yeah, uh, in uh, a foreign film nomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And I, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that was very good. He's. I. This might be his first fiction film since then, but I think he's done a number of docs like. I, I was expecting that, like, even if this was not received ecstatically, that it would be received politely. And it is instead kind of fallen over with a thud. Uh, which... I, uh... I know some people, I've heard some people just on the floor liking that Jude Law performance. Sure. Sure. Did you I see mean, the he's... thing about the about his scent in the Yeah, movie? he was no. stinky. Right, he, like wanted to be to be authentic so he like has like a scent that like i guess includes elements of like pus and blood and stuff in it like so he smells authentically of the of the era cool Uh, man um not a fun set to be on it sounds like but i just like through scrolling letterboxd uh saw the poster for firebrand was like this cast (laughs) this setting watch list (laughs) and then (laughs) Uh, realized that it was in competition. I was like, oh, how have I not heard of this movie? And then was like, oh, okay, this is why no one's... And then I just was seeing people dismiss it, sort of. Yeah. I mean, but I'm perfectly willing to believe that Jude Law is good in it. I saw Peter Pan and... Peter Pan and... Peter Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, That movie's not very good, but he's quite good in that. Uh, But... Yeah. No. Um, continuing the run of uh, a type of thing Terry yep. Frimo likes to select and then no one will say anything about other than it's not very good. Uh, finally breaking two, we've got Homecoming, the new Catherine Corsini fi- film. Uh, which was one of the first couple of movies in competition. Oh, yeah, that was another uh, weird thing around her and Fromo, right? Right. That was yes. that wasn't necessarily something that seemed to be his fault, but yeah, that that we talked about there was the thing of not being able to put her in competition because there was this legal thing and then it got resolved because she was like, no, 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 all my crew loves me, the person uh-huh. who submitted a complaint was just being vengeful so i 
I don't. I don't what? think we got. Uh, there, I don't think we got uh, any uh, real reporting on what exactly neutral reporting on what exactly happened. Yeah, I mean, I only heard that. like the vague stories of what was she was being accused of, and that seemed very bad. It. Yes, it didn't yeah. sound good. Um. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, it doesn't matter because no one saw the movie and the people who did see it didn't have anything to say about it. Um, at 2.2, which is not, you know, not a great score, but I do feel like these are both movies that I have heard some defenses of. I think one of them, it's more, uh, divisive and one of them is more just eh, no one loves it but it does have some uh people uh we've got the only debut film in competition uh banel and adama and then asteroid city which asteroid city is the one that it, there are have been a few people who are like this is great uh which of course i feel like they're wasn't even so much that it can though obviously like several of us love it and maybe by the time it came out in the Refresh US dispatch. there were people who were like yeah this one's great yeah uh but yeah th there's a little more of that it can and so I I was thinking like initially oh maybe this is gonna get a slightly better reception than French Dispatch did and then pretty quickly there were a bunch of reviews they were just like ah it's more Wes Anderson crap yeah which I you know whatever I mean you've seen it I have seen it yeah how is it? I think it's pretty good. It is sort of in the vein of French Dispatch. It is sort mm -hmm. of a weird movie to talk about because there is stuff that is just fundamentally how the movie is framed that isn't in the trailers, and I don't know that I sure, should yes. talk about it. Sure. Even sure. though I think, and you know, so, yeah, it comes out next month. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be talking. They, about yeah, it soon they enough. just put put uh, tickets on sale. They got them all up today. Uh, My indie theater is like very, yet. they're like adding yeah. like weekday matinees for it. They're sure, like very yeah. high. They think it's going to be big. I guess I think they'll see about it generally. I mean like I think... French Dispatch is like one of the more successful platform releases since theaters have reopened stale. Sure. Uh, yep. I think it'll do well. I think it's a funny movie and it has a lot of fun stuff. I think its reception in America will be very good. And I think people, it will generally be mm. more, have more of an impact of French Dispatch. I, it has yeah. things where I can see why a can audience and a more like sort of like European minded or highbrow minded audience would get very annoyed at it with. But I think just like playing it down the middle of just like your online Wes Anderson fans. It will it, it it will be there just for them and they'll see it. Sure, a lot of good yeah. funny stuff. Um, are there any standout performances? Do you, do you think I haven't feel like I haven't heard anyone single? Yeah, anymore. I mean it I is extreme. Really it is extremely ensemble. -y. Schwartzman is the main character basically, and I think he's very good. It is sort of because of the framing thing. It is sort of weird yeah. to discuss the performances. Sure, sure. Uh, okay. sure. but there's. I say I basically like, like Johansson's good, uh, Schwartzman's good, Hanks. Hanks is good. Hanks is in it for a little bit. 
there's a group yeah. of kids. Well, not kids. They're like teens because there's also a group of kids. Yeah. There's a teen. Mm-hmm. There's a nice little runner of like this weird little romance between Rupert Friend and Maya Hawk that is sort of Whoa. that is sort sure. of fun. Uh, he's going Tati yeah. mode. Yeah. There's a lot of just like very constructed jokes like that. He's uh, sure, really sure, going sure. for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can certainly tell looking at the promotional material, like, there's some stuff it's not showing us. Like, there's yeah, a lot of actors yeah, yeah. that aren't in the trailer. Actually, I, some of those actors, I think, are on the poster, but in black and white. Yeah, the the black and white stuff uh, is the framing stuff. And I'll say that actually now remembering, because he's only in the black and white stuff, Adrian Brody, I think, is extremely good in it. Sure. sure. Two in a row for him. Uh, he's, we already he's so did, wonderful in French Dispatch. Yeah, I mean, we already did the uh, special presentations for this episode, but uh, he is quite good in Fool's Paradise, a Ooh. movie that is, yeah, it's kind of good. But he's he, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of fun performances, but he is maybe the most fun of them. Interesting. Um, and then yeah, yeah. Bunnell and Adama. Uh, got more of a just like uh, it's fine like no one seemed you know I, it's it's just it's tough to put a first movie in competition because people are like oh it better be so good if you got your first movie in and clearly this was not that but they're all I, I didn't hear a lot of like Ugh, why is this in competition either Um, at 2.3 uh, we've got Another two movies, uh, Monster, the Hirokazu Koreeda movie, another first day movie, uh, and then Four Daughters, the Kather Benhania uh, documentary, I believe. Which, yeah, I, I, it's two more, like, I feel like I, they just came out and people were like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fine. Koreeda is definitely in the zone where, like, any movie he makes, also, there are people being like, this thing fucking sucks. Uh, sure, And yeah. I, you know, I've never particularly liked one of his movies, so I'm perhaps I less think, annoyed yeah. by I that think than I would with other Loki Koreeda is one of the most, like, they are his guy, they're the people who really right. go ride for him uh-huh. and are willing to give him a shot, and then they're people who are not, and that will just be the reception that all of his movies until he dies. No, there is, but, like, shoplifters everyone got on the same page about. And, like, there's also it, yeah, ones that everyone exactly. will get on the same page about, like, no, this is bad. Like, the truth, everyone was like, no good. I think uh, post you know, Broker is more what you're talking about, and this one maybe is too, but... I feel like that's maybe a newer thing for him. I, yeah. I think. Yeah, I feel like I saw some like some people who were like thought it was very yeah you know interesting and insightful and you know nuanced and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess yeah, that it, it's out. You know, I saw like I I like shoplifters pretty well. Obviously, we talked about uh, was it Airdol, Airdol which is fun, really good, which I didn't like. Um, and Broker was like fine. I didn't, I didn't, didn't find it particularly memorable. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm interested in this one. I think. I, I did might, you see I Broker at TIFF, or did you I see did. it later? I saw it. That's TIFF. crazy. Did we talk about it? I must have not been on that episode. 
I maybe I don't know that I, I don't that's one where I was like I that I don't really feel I I missed some of it and sure okay yeah there I don't feel super qualified to make like full judgments on that movie sure, other sure, than sure. very general statements sure. so I will leave it at that sure uh and so I I one thing that I had noticed is that there didn't I feel like 2.3 is sort of like still in the like and not great range. Uh, you know, it, it is a fine rating, but not an exciting rating. And I think we're about to get to the. There's been a bunch of stuff stuck at 2.8, which I feel like is getting into like, oh, that's kind of impressive. There's not been as much of a, a middle ground, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did finally get a 2.5, which is the only thing in that zone. Uh, which is the Marco Bellocchio film, which Emilio also saw. If you want to tell us a little about that. Yeah, Rapito Kidnapped. It is the story of Edgardo Morata, Mortar, Mortara, Mortara, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Famously, the, the, the Pope movie, movie Spielberg never, never made. Yeah, where no. it's about this Jewish kid who gets secretly baptized. So he gets uh, taken by the Catholic Church because apparently they have the authority to take in any mm-hmm. Christian children. And yeah. the sort of political battle that ensues from there. And it's sort of like the back and forth battle, like the political battle that like their the kids' parents, like using the, like talking to different media at the time, different political places and the the catholic church and the pope sort of under a power struggle of at the time of just like are we losing influence should we like exert our force this way like how do we respond this is the pure way of doing things and i think it's actually pretty interesting it's like a decent criticism of just like that sort of era of religiosity that sort of like dogmatic Catholicism sort of dividing people more than it unifies. It looks very pretty. Um, it manages to do the sort of like candlelit, sort of Renaissance European aesthetic. It, it, but even though it's shot digitally, which is sort of impressive. Ultimately, oh. It's a, it's a sort of movie I like, appreciate. I don't know. I don't. If, I think 2.5 is kind of a good place for it where it's just like, yeah, it's pretty good. He like sort of did what he was set out to do, but there's I don't think there's anything like exceptional about it. I was never like bowled over by it. Yeah. Spielberg now should just be like, oh, the reason I couldn't make it is because I couldn't find a kid. I'll just take the kid who did it. For, you know uh, what the crazy thing just the, have him do it again the kid looks so much like tremblay it is very funny. <laughs> Whoa. wow that is funny he couldn't well, land tremblay back then interesting i guess yeah i, I mean i guess i don't wow. know if tremblay's jewish sure mm. that might have been important. I, I have no idea it might have been important uh, thing. sure uh, another so... another guy we talked about in our 2009 Cannes series, just like Aerodol, we talked about Vincere with the 2009 Cannes competition, which I feel like everyone who watched it was pretty positive on it. Yeah, that movie is solid. Similar to I feel like what Amelia is saying yeah. about uh, Kidnap, just like and I remember, yeah, it's pretty good. 
I remember people liked the trailer. Yeah, I that, got it, it, it seems like it's a very similar reception to that as well from uh, 2019. Uh, and so then, as I said, we've got a bunch of movies bunched up at 2.8, which is, I feel like, a bit, I, I think there, I think Decision to Leave was maybe the only movie that was above that last year. There was, yeah. I feel like Pacifiction was at like 2.7, Showing Up was around 2.7, maybe there was another three, I'm forgetting. Yeah. Uh, but we've got bunched up at 2.8, uh youth the Wong wing film about dry grasses the jaylon and then zone of interest which i feel like was maybe a little surprising to see it even this low because that there yeah. there was sort of a like oh this is the masterpiece of the festival <laughs> vibe coming off of it right after it premiered and i I was wondering if I was like, is that just like mostly an American and British thing? Because that was the reviews we were mostly seeing. But that's not what this score reflects, really. Like some of the uh, scores that are taking it down or uh, the guy uh, for Roger Ebert gave it a zero uh <laughs> i've not read his review but uh clearly hated it it's got a two from stephanie zacharek uh and there's some higher grades from non-english language critics so i do I... think my uh, i think a little theory on that sort of why it seemed the reception was that way is that i think Pan did a very weird thing where i think it started their competition off very poorly I think it just yes. front loaded a lot of very bad stuff. Yeah. And I think Zone of Interest was the first thing that sort of That could be part of it. Got yeah. people really excited. Yeah, and so I do you know, and it is like people go apeshit over Glazer movies. Uh so that I will be keeping an eye on how the uh that that the reception of that film kind of progresses because like i initially it was like oh is this like the big sort of highbrow european oscar contender this year which has not been something that's happened with glazer but like you know this is uh sure but people i mean yeah there was a like under the skin was like the people were... yeah i definitely heard about that from like more mainstream places sure yes then. yeah so, um, so, like, I don't know. I don't think that's out of the question, but I wonder if there are enough detractors that it will kind of have some Does it have distribution? Is it, it's not movie? Yeah, it's A24. A24. Right. No, yeah, A24 uh, produced, produced it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, so. And so then the Jalon, I think, is, like, pretty in line with the last couple... It is, yeah. it is interesting that he won for Winter Sleep, because I do feel like there's, like, a clear, the great movie is considered to be Once Upon a Time in Anatolia. And, and I was seeing some, like, oh, yeah, this is the best one since that. But then a lot more just, like, yeah, this is about as good as the last two were uh, Wild Sleep and then... Um, Wild, winter Sleep. Not Winter Sleep and then Wild Pear Tree. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I'm interested. I... I, don't know, I guess we were talking about how the the premise sounded like, ooh, is this uh, movie stepping on some hot buttons? But it, I, that was not the vibe that I got. It was mostly just like, oh, yeah, everyone thinks this is pretty good. So yeah, 
I guess. We'll and the thing about Wild Bear then... Tree is like that main character also has some like, you know, that is a character that would complain about level Kizma or whatever, and and he <laughs> sure. sort of manages yeah. to thread the needle very That's interestingly true. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I I mean maybe part of the reason I was surprised that Zenimentress ended here up here is that youth was the sort of standout of that early part of the festival but it was more of a just like oh this is being well received for a three hour long documentary uh you know now this by... might be apocryphal but i was hearing that instead of showing that they were showing uh the fucking movie with michael kane i can't remember the guy's <laughs> name who directed it paolo sorrentino <laughs> you know what a conversation today with somebody i also forgot paolo really sorrentino's name not a not a memorable guy. Yeah. Uh, so I was is that true you know? that they He's were showing that instead. Is that true? Has anyone else heard this? Emilio, uh, boots on the ground. What? That they showed that in. You, you, you heard the people. Going, you want to keep going with this bit? <laughs> that people saw youth and it was the Michael Caine movie. Yeah. Haven't heard it. Yet. And they were like, "Whoa, Jane Fonda, Oscar buzz, maybe." Uh, you know, I got here late. There is a conversation of Jane Fonda sure. programs for the festival, so. Yeah. Maybe people got confused. You gotta go. No. I'll look uh, it up and we'll circle back on it. <laughs> Just like the Ty Sheridan thing. Uh, so yeah, and it, which is to say, I was a little surprised that, you know, maybe this is a slightly higher score than I would have guessed based on the read I was getting of uh, on that film. Uh, but also I was a little surprised that Zone of Interest could not scrape a little higher I, I i would have expected that to be in that three and above range but uh-huh. that is hard a hard range to get into which i think does make it somewhat impressive that we have three movies already and could conceivably more uh that are at three or above uh so at three we have may december todd haynes's movie and anatomy of a fall the justine trier uh which i think anatomy of a fall i feel like immediately this is where it was but i do feel like may december again like this like people who were like throwing out reviews immediately i feel like the vibe was like oh, this is pretty good. It's not a great Haynes movie. It's, you know, it's campy and fun. And then, like, pretty quickly, people come and be out, like, no, this is really, really good. In a way that, like, I was like, oh, is this more going to get the uh, Wonderstruck, Dark Waters type of reception? And it fairly quickly became clear and then became very clear the next morning when this came out that, like, uh, yeah. No, people really like this, which is exciting because yeah. I love Todd Haynes. This sounds yeah. real good. I mean, it just seems it, to me it just seemed like it got the the Carol reaction in hyperspeed, where it got the like <laughs> people being weirdly muted on it, and then instantly other maybe. people being like, "You're dumb if you're muted on that. This is actually very great," and then just come maybe. swinging. Yeah. It did. Yeah, I mean, it it premiered like. It was the next movie after the Scorsese to yes, premiere. Yeah, or something, it was like right, right after. So like it started a... late because uh, uh-huh. they were taking so long. Yeah, so I think there was yeah. a certain amount of there like, could have been some people of maybe being be- beaten down. But, by, yes, by that's how not much necessarily was, the right? 
order people saw them in. Like, I, sure. definitely the Scorsese screened in New York and probably right. other places. I wouldn't be surprised if this did as well. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, Anatomy of a Fall, I... Maybe we'll do it as Teen Tree A movie. I don't know. I, I am excited for this. I have heard... I Sybil was like, that's a movie that my perception of it drastically changed after it was at Cannes, because I feel like the... Sybil? Like the sitcom? No, Christine not Barrett like that. Uh, Sybil, the 2019 film by Justine Trier, uh, I feel like was... Uh, the the read on that that I was mostly getting at the festival is just like, oh yeah, this is another whatever French movie. Uh, and then once it made it stateside, people started getting more excited about uh, Sandra Huller is also in that, but is the lead of this. Uh, so yeah. And like, this sounds very different than that. That was in a sort of more comedy zone. Uh, and this is uh, a court, a legal thriller. Uh, I will. Very excited. I will that. be watching soon. I am very excited to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, the movie that is so far at the top, uh, with the three point two, which was what the top score for Decision to Leave, which is in retrospect a slightly strange top for last year, but maybe not. But uh, anyway, is uh, maybe a bit of, su- of a surprise. Fallen Leaves. Aki Kurismaki. He's yeah. back. Everyone loves him. Yeah. Uh, cut, cut in a rug really, at the premiere. I mean, is that true? Did you see that? He was like walking down the red carpet, like dancing, yeah. like doing this. Yeah. Oh, I did see this. Yes, yeah. Yes, he's a I funny guy. I do. He. I, I have also heard that he uh, has a tendency to get real mad about awards, though he's maybe playing that up. So, you know, especially with now, this seems like maybe it's a Palm front runner. Uh, it gets some uh, big stinky face from him if he doesn't win. Yeah, you're, you're hearing it from uh, me right now. The front runner for the Palm d'Or. I yeah I, you know the front runner almost never wins, but this makes sense. I I, I was kind of saying like I don't know. He see he is kind of like a, oh we could give it to a. An old legend who might not make any more movies. I was like, I don't know. He's pretty low-key. That would be like if we were like, oh, Jim Jarmusch is an old legend. We got to give it to him. It's like, it's hard. It would be a little hard for me to see that happening. But, yeah, you know, maybe it's the year. He's got uh, a fellow Nord as the president of the jury. Uh, yeah, Mubi bought this. Uh, and a fellow right. nerd. We don't have to add in the silence that time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get uh, your thoughts on the two movies that premiered today, uh, which we don't have scores for, and then I will predict what their scores will be, which, of course, you all will be able to see by the time this episode comes out. Yes, that's right. See how correct Jesse was. Mm-hmm. What did you see today? Okay, so I saw two movies. Let me try and I'm just, let me cue up the name of the director for your <laughs> this movie because I really liked it and I would like to say it. Okay, so the first movie I saw is The Pot of Foe, which is I think it doesn't mean this, but the translated title. Wait, no, The Pot of Foe is the English is the translated title, and the original title 
is La Passion de Dodin Buffon. Uh, it's directed by Tran An Hung, who I believe is, uh, he is Vietnamese, but he... he... He was born in Vietnam, but moved to France as a teenager, I think, and yeah. is a French citizen. Yeah, so this is a film about, so in the like late 19th century, uh, the stars are Benoit Majumel and Juliette Binoche. They play Benoit Majumel plays uh, Dodon Buffon, who is like a chef uh, in this period. And uh, Juliette Binoche plays his cook, and they have this very like close partnership, kind of weird relationship between them. And uh, it, the, the the sort of dynamics of their relationship and how it evolves and how certain things happen to them is sort of the plot of the movie. But I guess to sort of describe my thoughts on the movie, I'll just, just describe my like my experience watching it, which is it just starts with like a bunch of shots of them cooking. They're cooking this very fancy, elaborate feast. They're putting it together. They're, it's like a multi-course meal with a lot of parts. They're like braising ribs, uh, cutting ducks. Yeah. And it, that's like, it happens for like 10 minutes straight at the beginning. And I'm like, is this what this movie's going to be? Just a lot of this? I would really respect it if it was. And then it mostly just is that. It is just like a series of just like them cooking feasts, them serving it to like the people they serve. Because it's like, he's a chef, but they don't work in restaurants. It's more like people come to his house and he entertains. He's sort of a guy who more just like comes up with recipes. And at first he's like serving this group of friends of his, this like elaborate multi-course meal. And it goes through all the like process of them cooking it from the beginning then them plating it then them enjoying it then them talking about how they enjoyed it and him talking about how he puts it together and just like really trying to show you how much these people love and care about food and it's sort of trying to get to this point where this movie is really about the work and even beyond that it's sort of about like this guy's point of view as a chef which is like that a properly a proper meal especially a proper banquet like this needs to have like the heavy stuff but it also needs the light stuff and it, it, it can't be too it can't be like too decadent it needs to have like light broth and space to breathe and it needs to communicate all of these different things at some at different points he compares himself to like a poet and another point he's he's describing a soup and he's describing the soup as like it just needs to be a symphony with like ups and downs and like parts in the middle and he uh and it's just like it's sort of a movie that is making an argument for itself and that it's making an argument as to why the important thing is life is like focusing on the work and a sort of lightness and you do you don't need to drown things with like meaning or like the heavy stuff of life to to really make something a compelling experience something can have a lightness throughout and it can be worthwhile as worthwhile as something that is very decadent or very heavy or very uh just uh you know squashing and i was very impressed by it it was truly like a movie that a lot of people were surprised to see in competition people did not really know the director but you know obviously it had majumel and it had uh 
been ocean it which gave it some cred in those worlds and it you can see why those they would want to make a movie like this because it does really just like sit in silence for long periods and you just see them get to be pros and get to work and get to have this like intimate relationship through food it, it like gets to be pretty sexy at times madrumal is like extremely charming he might win best actor here exciting stuff it done it before though didn't last year for pacifiction he's is he at two cesars in a row i think uh you know he's been one magic mel he's been one magic mel and it, it was like pacifiction is a good performance and it, i was certainly impressed by it by just how like weird and funky it is mm-hmm. and i guess i have not seen other of his work before this and i was surprised by just like how charming and like winning and like interesting uh-huh. he just is in this movie. It is really just like a two-hander between the two of them, and they both just get to be like pros and charming, and it's just like extremely effective on that level. All of the food looks so fucking good. I really needed to eat yeah. after watching it. It is truly like, I think it does just work on like a food porn level of just like if you just wanted to sit and watch like a YouTube channel of people cooking, it would not be better than this because it's just like so lovingly oh, yeah. photographed. Well, uh, that sounds pretty good. I spend plenty sounds of time yummy. doing that. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to log all the video, all the fucking <laughs> binging with Babbage. I hate watch. <laughs> well. With that, do you want should, to, yeah. speaking of hate watching, maybe yeah. they should slot it into the America's Test Kitchen uh, yeah. channel that I watch all the time. Why well, I, I, people were compare, uh, you know, former guest of the show Bill Gabiri was comparing it to Babette's Feast. I feel like that's one of the obvious sort of comparisons you go to with a food movie, but um, it seems like there's something you know more more aligned with how it is so uh, you know respectful of the uh, the art of cooking. Yeah, <laughs> as you're saying. I was also at one point. But I, speaking of, oh, I was gonna say, hate watching. I hate watching yeah. uh, the new Nanny Moretti film, A Better Tomorrow, Il Sol dell'Avenire, uh, premiered tonight, and I watched it. It is eighty minutes long, and it is bad from start to finish. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen at a film festival. Uh, Nanny Moretti plays a director making a movie about like this sort of we this sort of conflict this sort of historical conflict about the italian communist party like taking in a lot of uh i think it's hungarian but not might not be hungarian so it's like a sort of refugees from an eastern european country and then that country being invaded by the Soviet Union. So then the Italian Communist Party is sort of torn about it. But it's mostly just Nanny Moretti fuffing about, complaining about the movie industry, giving one of the worst performances I have ever seen give. A performance, uh, Charles Barkley looking at the cue cards, uh, uh, just out of frame level performance. He's really bad. Nanny Moretti should host Saturday Night Live. It is truly <laughs> just like, I was like... If he wasn't the director, he would never, like, nobody would ever allow somebody to give this level of performance at a movie premiering at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, now, we can say this is a movie that is having its in, uh, international yeah, premiere. Yeah, it did premiere. This movie did come out in Italy, where it was pretty well reviewed. 
maybe it plays different for the Italians. Maybe they have more of a relationship to Moretti where they're willing to allow him to look dead-eyed and like he's actively trying to remember his lines. It... They definitely, I feel like a lot of those reviews, the like Google Translate version of the headline was, he's playing the hits. <laughs> he's back, maybe. El Caimano. Yeah. And it's just like, but the thing is about it, Il Caimano was also a movie about a guy making a movie, and we talked about it, and I liked that movie, so it's not yeah. like I'm even a thousand percent opposed to the idea, but this is just like him complaining about the weirdness of his life. Like, I feel like there have been a lot of movies recently that I have sort of read into them about, like, these middle-aged to old directors looking back at their career and looking at, back at the industry and being like, are we going to even be able to make movies anymore? Like, what's happening? Like, what is the future of this? And I've I've been a little annoyed at all of them, but I, if they're good enough, I'm willing to, like, allow it. Like, I allowed it. I'm allowing it with Asteroid City a little bit. I allowed it with Palm the Ollie winner, fucking The Fableman's a little bit. But Moretti just, like, absolutely just made me hate. Moretti, halfway through it, I was just like, maybe we shouldn't be making movies anymore. Maybe we should just end it here. Um, well, it, I, speaking of ending it here, I did write into our outline uh, maybe a little bit of sidebar talk, but we'll be talking more about Can next week. Amelia yeah. will be home, and I'm going to have to demand that everyone on this call go to sleep and we will cut to what I can only imagine is a similarly tenored discussion <laughs> of after hours. Yeah. See you there. Now, I mean, I so I don't have a lot of crazy, like, staying up too late experiences, as you might imagine, based on uh, everything you know about my personality. But um, you live in New York. I did live in New York. I mean, there certainly were some nights where I, like, would go to a party and stay out late and then we'd end up at a diner or whatever, but it was, like, not excite like it was like me and a bunch of drunk people who were not like crazy drunk like they were just normal drunk um uh and having a good time um uh the the thing that comes to mind when you ask about this is um when i was uh in junior high school my uh church youth group uh we did a um we would do lock-ins and stuff occasionally uh, but uh, one of the things that I that we did once was they were doing like an all night at the movies thing where you where we went to a movie theater and they mm -hmm. were like after it was like late at night and they were going to play three movies for us that would go to like breakfast or whatever. Sure. Like it was going to be. And the three movies, of course, were um, uh, A Walk to Remember. Uh, Big, yep. Big Fat Liar. Anymore. Um, uh, Freaky Buddha's Amanda Bynes. <laughs> yep. And then uh, I think the third one was Snow Dogs um, mm -hmm. with Cuba Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr. Jr. Yeah. It was really a time. Um, there was another <laughs> one. Like, and there was like, that was the one for the younger, the middle school kids. There was like one that was for older kids that I think they showed like the man in the iron mask at maybe. Was that the Whoa, right time for that? Was, something like that. Or maybe Twice. <laughs> or something. I don't, I don't remember. But, um, but yeah, I just remember like... That's, like, the only time I think I've, like, truly, like, tried to stay awake all night. Like, I've always been, like, a, am going to, like, get a, a few hours of sleep and then, like, wake up really early to finish my homework guy. Or, like, 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 it was always, like, I needed to get some sleep always. So that's, like, the only time in my life that I think I've, like, tried to stay awake. I remember f 
falling and dozing a lot during the final screening of Snow Dogs and then coming home and sleeping uh, a lot the next day while my the rest of my family went to go see Big Fat Liar just at a regular time. Wow. Great. I've got a New York story that I'm sure you all have heard, but I don't think I've told on the podcast, which is uh, the... I mean, I was at DCM many times and was awakened to the wee hours of the morning many times. The Del Close the, Marathon, for those yes, not Yes, the Del Close Marathon yeah. happened at uh, UCB. Uh, I went 2016, 17, and 18. And this would have had to have been in 17 because it wasn't the first time I went, but it was still uh, in Chelsea. Uh, and so, you know, they have... Both, it, it runs from Friday morning to Sunday evening, and both Friday and Saturday nights, they have, like, a midnight to 6 a.m., just, like, people, some of whom are, like, famous people still, will come out and just do, like, crazy bits for, like, 15 minutes, and then it'll be, like, this bit can't last any longer, and someone will do something else. Uh, and so I, I think both of the, but all three of those years, I went to both of those blocks of things uh and the, i think uh saturday night into sunday morning that second year you know there was just uh, you know people were doing things and it hit like maybe four or five thirty and i was like i didn't know it was real but i was doing like the the like cartoon you're like start nodding up and then like jerk yourself awake because your head moved too far so that was happening uh and then eventually i just fully fall asleep and by the time i have woken up i am actively walking up 7th avenue i'll just say that I, at, yeah. cer- at a certain film festival in the south of france i may have spent <laughs> my last day and a half or so trying to figure out how to get to an airport hanging out with some people going to a person's apartment to chill for a bit and then then failing to get to find the way to go to the airport because all of the trains closed at 10 p.m so i just Mm. stayed awake until the next morning until i could get a train at 6 a.m at what point i had missed i had missed my flight so i had to bother a person at the desk to get me a new flight Mm -hmm. and there there are a lot of details in there that i'm going to leave out but uh that is certainly the most after hours experience i've ever had in my life right, right. were you already feeling covid at this point too i was or, uh no? yeah i had uh yeah. i was on a lot of aspirin i bought aspirin at can <laughs> except i didn't know how to read french so i accidentally bought aspirin that was like dissolvable and i didn't know it was dissolvable and i almost <laughs> you're swallowing <laughs> i was putting it in my mouth and dissolving it in my mouth uh <laughs> And then just swallowing the, the foam. Oh, then... I see. You were supposed oh, to so you put thought it in they a were dissolved, but they you... weren't. I see. Oh, 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 no, no. Yes, I see. Okay. Yeah, you did like, like it was like, like an it was like Alka Seltzer. Yeah, it was like Alka. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were saying like a chewable, like no, 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 ta- a tablet. No, it was like dissolved. it was like Alka Seltzer, except I never got it. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> and then I would just put it in my mouth and let it foam it around in my mouth for a while, and then swallow the <laughs> the residue or whatever. <laughs> It's uh, horrible. Just a lot of yeah. stuff. <laughs> I also remember one time in college at my most depressed at my first college, I stayed all all day 
all night watching an entire like 12 episode anime and then i cried at the end very strongly and that was the first which one that was the first time i had ever cried at any piece of media in my life what anime it, was it it's an anime called kids on the slope it's by Ch- chinohiro watanabe who is the cowboy bebop guy it's about these ki- kids sure. playing jazz in the 60s and uh yeah you recommended that to me once in uh i gotta say in japan it's really good i do genuinely believe it's really good me crying to it might have been a product <laughs> of time, time and circumstance but it, it, sure. i do think it is good we've all been there yeah. um I think I may have talked about this, but when I was at TIFF last year, uh, because of everyone's schedules, there was just, like, a day that I was in the TIFF area by myself, um, and there's, like, some, <clears throat> like, I guess it's not even, they don't call them dispensaries there, maybe, but there's, like, uh, a, a place to buy weed across the street from the light box, and I get this insane joint uh, before I saw EO, um and it really elevated the experience and then i went and got it again uh because i was seeing um the newest 4k restoration of strictly ballroom and i was seeing it at night so i bought it and then went in and saw walk up um as i'm in walk up i see a guy in a drive jacket and i'm like freaking (laughs) out and like i'd never seen one in the wild and it was so crazy uh, then I go after walk up ends. I leave and uh, like get high outside of the light box. Go to <clears throat> there's some burger place right on the other side of the light box, like burger in between. Priest. Yes, um, and it was like just some like overpriced burger that yeah. was fine. Um, so I'm very high as it's kicking in. As I'm like drinking cider. And eating this, like, burger with cheese sauce and stuff on it. The guy with the drive jacket walks in. <laughs> and this is, like, Strictly Ballroom, I think, started at, like, 11. So it's, like, getting late-ish. It's not even that late. But um, this is, like, when I'm realizing I sort of, like, timed it wrong with when the movie was going to be showing. <laughs> so then I'm, like, I see the guy in the drive jacket. I'm, like, this is insane. And then he sits down right next to me because they have very small tables in there. And it's, like, I was at a two... It was basically a four top that was two two tops pushed together. So we split it up a little bit, and he's, like, sitting directly next to me. And I'm just, like, shaking, not trying to <laughs> say anything about the drive jacket. And then I leave and get, like, ice cream. Uh, and it is, like, cold out, sort of. So it was very odd for me to be eating ice cream at, yeah. like, nine at night. And then I just go into the Lightbox bar and... Uh, Drink like a bunch of Peronis or whatever they were s- serving, and then fell asleep during Strictly Ballroom. <laughs> One time, uh, after the Tony Awards, I was too hyped up that I couldn't fall asleep <laughs> until 6 a.m. Who won? <laughs> what was it? Do you remember? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was the um, the the year that uh, was like the year after I graduated. Maybe or this might have been the same summer as this other story that I thought of, uh, where the Little Night Music Revival was like uh, nominated. Um, which I forget who the best picture was, uh, or the best musical was that year. Um, that would have been... Isn't that when somebody did send in the clowns horribly? Yeah, yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones sang Send in the Clowns, um, (laughs) and, uh, famously was not, like, super, 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 uh, locked in. Uh, well, or maybe was a little too locked in was the problem, I think. Uh, that was the year that Memphis, of course, won best musical, which is not a good musical, uh, Memphis. Re- yeah, Memphis. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so call back to two weeks ago. Um, 
the other Eli show- listeners <laughs> <laughs> remember from our plugs. <laughs> um, the other story is just as the summer after I graduated, one of my college friends um, threw a, a grad party, uh, and she lives she at her her childhood home in Rhode Island. So I took a me- an overnight megabus to New York City, uh, and like tried to sleep on the megabus and like didn't really, and then was like bummed around like a New York City like like a twenty four hour McDonald's for a couple of hours at like five in the morning, and then met up with some other friends, took another megabus to Rhode Island, and then that was the first day I or the first and maybe only day I've ever done a five hour energy. Um, <laughs> I took a five hour energy to try to stay awake, mm-hmm. and I think I was like, did it work? Pretty. It did work. I okay. stayed you held your all nose the when you drank it. Uh, do they still sell like, those? I don't feel like I yeah, did that. Yeah, yeah, you can still okay. get a five-hour. I've Gas never tried um, that. Yeah, mm. I mean, it worked effe- okay. effectively well. I was pretty uh, alert and awake for, like, a while. And then, like, I think I was getting pretty loopy and crazy by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, at a hotel that, like, my friend... Actually, shout out to Emily, who's uh, on strike right now as, as a member of the WGA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her, her parents had gotten us a hotel room or whatever, and I, like... Fell asleep, uh, pretty pretty hard one night. Once I got there, and I remember they had gotten a couple of hotel rooms, and I remember I woke up and I was alone in the hotel room because I think because this was before I had been diagnosed with sleep apnea because I think I was snoring so much that no one else wanted to share the hotel wow. room with me. So um, that's yeah, that was my other like crazy crazy youthful uh, up all night story. Yeah. All right. The only well, everyone you know the only other, the only other one I. Sort of have is another de- place where I can't really de- say much details, but I remember there being a 420 party in college that I remember got it was like the closest to a project deck situation I've ever been in where it was like <laughs> cops were called, it was maybe I was maybe worried for my well being. I did not take a five hour energy, but I may have done another thing that certainly keeps you awake and okay. uh. It was a uh, a lot happened. I certainly was awake at ten p ten a.m. the next day. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, can't... Well, we don't need to explain what's going on. I'm sure we did it at some point. Emilio's in Europe, uh, and we just you know, we we watched After Hours this morning. Yeah, in honor of <laughs> all... in honor of the Killers uh, of the Flower Moon. Yeah, in honor of Killers of the Flower Moon, which you all heard the all time. about. That, as far as I can tell, does not have a lot of thematic similarities. Well, it was the last time he was at Cannes. Yeah, sure. that's why we in picked competition this. at least. It's the last time um, he was in competition at the Cannes Film Festival was for After yeah. Hours. We don't need to explain ourselves. I'm just saying. We, there was, <laughs> I'm sure there was a lead-in where we've already explained it. We don't need to do sure. it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk in after episode. hours. <laughs> Andy, did you watch After Hours for the, the first time? I did watch After Hours. I also for the watched first time. After Hours and for now, the first time. What is? I'm trying to think if we ever had yeah. like a full talk about Scorsese. This is yeah. This is interesting. Sure. Like yeah. Uh, sure. I I uh, am not a huge Scorsese guy. Uh, I have seen I've seen Raging Bull. That's like the early one that I've seen, sure. which I like. Think I liked fine. Uh, like I thought, it, like I was like, yep, everyone. Like I understand why everyone talks about this a lot. Um, uh, I like, especially like I was like a very ticket taken with the the De Niro and the makeup in that one as, as the old. Sure, guy. yeah, it's a very um, he's a it's like a stage sure. type performance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and then like I have seen obviously like I saw Hugo when it came out in theaters in 3D. <laughs> uh, I I've seen I saw Wolf of Wall Street. I saw. 
Silence. I obviously I saw uh, the Irishman. Um, I don't know if I've seen much else of his. Like I've seen, like it might just be that five. Um, is there anything else that it's like obvious that I should have seen? Oh, we. Um, I, I, I watched a little bit Departed? of Goodfellas in a in a class once. One best picture. You haven't seen Departed. Oh, I have seen Departed. I did watch Departed eventually, and that was really in one ear and out the other. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, and I've seen. I saw The Aviator around sure, sure. on DVD around mm-hmm. that time. So like, sure. I don't have a memory really of it. Um, but I think that's all I've seen really. Um, so yeah. So I mean, I didn't uh, have that strong of an expectation for for after hours one way or another in terms of what i was going to think i did like it has the reputation as like the cool scorsese movie or whatever like the the like i mean the cool pick for i feel like this whole period like in between raging bull and goodfellas has a little bit of like uh there's something interesting He's going in his, on it's here. his most quirked up era sure yeah which yeah i mean i I can say I had never seen any of those and always kind of thought of, like, maybe this is, like, the era of him that I'd be really into. Because, like, they're... Right. I'm also, like, very up and down on him, but it usually is either just, like, I like it. Like, there's not a movie of his where I'm like, oh, that's my Scorsese movie. Like, I like The Irishman. I like The Wolf of Wall Street. I like Taxi Driver. And then a lot of the other ones, it's just like, I don't really give a shit. This is boring. Like, I don't like Raging Bull. I don't like Silence. And, you know, there's plenty I haven't seen. Uh, And I would say this movie was not either of those things. Sure. Um, I am a big fan. I've seen the majority of his films with Mm -hmm. a few blind spots. Um... This one has always sort of been uh, one that I liked but didn't ever click with. And then I just sort of on a whim, because I rewatched it last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, yeah, this is, this is, because I'd seen it for the first time probably in like the early 2010s and then rewatched it and was like, this is really solid. I like this a lot. And then for whatever reason, felt compelled to put it on today and was just like, let me just make sure I know what I know about this. And then it fully clicked in for me and I really, really responded to it, um, which we'll get into. But I think like this era of like color of money is so cool. Right. There's that. And like so slick. Um, King of comedy. I remember liking a lot and I haven't seen again since like the early 2010s. And uh, Last Temptation, I also watched for the first time last year, and really yeah. like Last Temptation. Yeah, guys, the one which thing, is like a yeah. Buck Wild movie. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I have seen, the one other thing I have seen from that middle period is the uh, only his short from New York Stories, which is uh, sure. Nick Nolte, which is definitely of the things I've seen of his most similar to this. Uh, and that's just like, you know, it's fine. There's not a ton going on. I feel like people love that short, but. I've never seen. That's that's one of my blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um, for all three of those directors. Um, sure. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, Emilio? I've seen like half of them, I think. I have like, there are sorts of blind spots, just periods wise that I have with him. 
but I've seen a lot of the big ones. I've seen Taxi Driver, I've seen Raging Bull, I've seen Goodfellas, mm-hmm. I've seen Departed, uh, Irishman. I remember the first time I saw After Hours, I was like, this is my favorite Scorsese movie. It just sort of got to me. It just sort of got to me at a level mm-hmm. of just like a very basic relating to that sort of circumstances of just the weird like liminal nighttime where nothing yes. really exists yeah. or is happening. But the, the, he, he made a lot of movies I love. I, I also, I guess I don't know if I would ever describe myself as a Scorsese guy, but he certainly made a lot of movies I respond to a lot. Like I really mm-hmm. like Shutter Island. I really like uh, mm-hmm. Goodfellas is a movie I've warmed up to over the year. The first time I saw it, I was like, this is pretty good. And now it's just like, yeah, that's, it's Goodfellas. It's just that yeah. movie with a bunch of good scenes. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's in basically the same category for me as Spielberg, where like there's stuff I respond to, but there's also stuff I respond to, and there isn't one where I'm like, I love this one. Yeah. I think he's a very interesting artist. I I, I just mm-hmm. need to like watch all of them someday, and I think I will have more of like a cohesive thing. Like Color of Money is also great. Sure. I've always been fascinated by his 80s. I need to watch King of Comedy and the uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. But yeah. then also, like, Cape Fear is so crazy. Yeah, I need to watch yeah, Cape Fear. I need to watch like... Casino. I need to watch all of those. Yeah, those are it's... just, like, yeah, the blind spot. It's, like, a guy who's made so many movies that are just, like, penetrated and are, like, famous in our sort of circles that it's sort of, it's it's, it's mm-hmm. almost hard to fully have a grasp of him. Yes. Yeah. And it's he is also a guy... I so, so We said something similar to this when we talked a few weeks ago about... Uh, the Coen brothers, and mm-hmm. I think he is also a guy who's like he is so ubiquitous as like film, cinema, you know, whatever. Like he, uh, sure. I think he is underrated in how sort of experimental he gets, and like how he he will just try things that like other people don't try, and then sure. it somehow is like departed wins best picture and that movie has some of the most insane things like editing choices i've ever seen yeah i mean the difference for me there is just that like the coen brothers scorsese's peak for me is probably closer to the coen brothers valley than to their peak wow sure yeah Uh, which is to say i don't like this movie uh did not care for it in a way that like was confusing because like (laughs) i do like the certainly like the premise of the movie and like the like i i think it is a very cool movie and you know it's like well done i think most of the performances are interesting it is just like the tone even i think is like this like interesting tone and it is just like (laughs) this guy just sucks yeah and it's in like this weird like middle ground of sucking where like He's not enough of a bastard where he quite deserves what happens, but he's also not enough. He's not, he's too much of a bastard for me to ever feel bad for him at all. And so I'm just like, I don't, like, it just, like, the movie just feels, like, nasty in a way that I just, like, didn't respond to. Sure. Andy? Yeah, I mean, I think my thing is, like, I really don't 
think Scorsese can do comedy at all. Like I like I hate <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. Well, right. I think it's so not sure. funny and like and clearly trying to be. And it's just like this movie, like it felt so heavy to me. Like it felt like yeah, it's like the way the camera is always panning around from below and like it just like I'm just like you need to take a lighter touch with a movie yes. like this. Like I yeah, think. Like, like I like the first like 15 minutes. I was I was like, ooh, he's doing a fun one. I'm into this, and then it hit a point where I was just like, Jesus yeah. Christ, and chill like, yeah. out, man. Like I didn't like I didn't really find any of it like amusing or, or whatever. There's and it, like some stuff. It's got like funny. one of the funniest jokes in a movie, which is when he sees the graffiti or like the bathroom wall art. Of the guy getting his dick bit by a shark. Sure, and he that's just goes funny. like he like shakes his head like, what am I thinking? <laughs> what? It's it's, it's I, truly I so mean funny. I remember that moment. I don't think it even was, was trying to be funny. I was just like, Yeah, that's a thing you see on the wall or whatever. I mean it's like, a funny thing, but no, his reaction to it did not register to me. No, I think it's so I think Dunn is like hilarious at this. I maybe yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad I don't know. Maybe what do you I think about maybe it, I Emilio? do think it's a bad performance. <laughs> I mean, I, I said it before. I love it. I think I liked it. I'm not even gonna say I liked it a little less this time as much as I just had to rushedly watch it for this podcast. <laughs> sure, like, right, yeah. Two hours before it started. So I I'm not really gonna judge it on those terms. But I don't know. I've always it's it's sort of I guess I'll speak as the person with the most experience of just spending weird late nights where you just feel like you're just <laughs> desperate to go home. It is sort of the most accurate portrayal of that and it's sort of an accurate and it sort of just felt like an a neat portrayal of just like that era New York or just like New York in general of just all of these bouncing people who all just want a different thing and just keep like just keep just like sort of ma- oppositely magnetizing against each other and just bouncing off each other and just rubbing each other the wrong way you know that felt that felt very interesting and fun to me. I I I just, I just found it funny is sort of a weird way to describe it because I do find it funny, but I think I do think the first time I watched it, it was almost like almost a safety thing where I'm just more like, yes, oh my sir, fucking yeah. god, this guy keeps sure. fucking up and it keeps getting worse for him. And like even the parts where it's like obviously it's a funny joke, I'm just like. It, it all just registers as a thing that makes it harder for him to keep going in a way right. that I'm just like pulling my hair out more than it, I'm ever like. And that maybe is really the hard. thing is that like certainly Pattinson and Sandler, like those characters are similar characters. Uh, and it is just like they are more compelling performers to me. Sure. I think um, I I do remember the first time I saw it finding it similarly like stressful and frustrating um but it has like i think knowing how it ends and like just knowing that it is almost like i mean just (laughs) that it is just this one crazy night and it's just so obviously uh or uh, not obviously but just like i i clicked in it clicked in with it so hard this viewing because it just feels very similar to where I am in a lot of my dreams <laughs> and the idea of like being in familiar places where he's just like in the same like four buildings over and over again right um and keeps going back and forth and like 
having trouble getting in and getting out of places and just like these tasks that seem impossible even though everything is like familiar to you and like the way that all the characters are so casual with him when it is ostensibly strangers that he's meeting and it's just like nobody acts like this and i think just these sort of constant questions uh there's early on where he like um gives the uh roommate a back rub and she like falls asleep and then our cat comes back and she's like what did you do to her and he's like what nothing like i didn't do anything he's like it was a harmless question but it's just like the shifting emotions of everyone like from line to line almost and like how he can be such a bastard and so like every time it is him like snapping at someone and he's almost like there's the scene where uh (laughs) Catherine o'hara is like um saying all the fake numbers as he's trying to remember the phone number <laughs> he's just That's like don't do that he's like i'm sorry i yelled and like having yeah. to stifle himself and then it's just like him being rude to her and like trying to get out to save his own neck right and just builds more problems and like terry gar putting his posters up is like all these people that he slightly wrongs uh just by like not being able to keep his cool yes yeah. it's, it's just it's like so and then yeah. like It's like a thing I've been thinking about a lot recently where it's like, I think as a young person, I was, I was a person who, I guess his his entire worldview was like dictated by like logic and like, what is the like logical way to react and what's the logical way to treat people and what's the logical thing to like, what's the logical way to live. And the thing about this movie is sort of like my example of the, my favorite sort of example of a thing where it's just like he's acting sort of logically and you can excuse a lot of his behavior and even so he's like completely fucked and he's getting sort of screwed over in a way that's that i find very funny just like him being reasonable is all it's like running contrary to like the way this little pocket of new york lives and, and it is i just I, I i guess i just find it to be a very funny contrast so it's like, I, I I just, I've always really responded to that. I guess I don't really know what to say. Or, like, this is yeah. clearly like him. This clearly like, I think who wrote it? I think it's done. Um, so is it, done, done, done produced it. Maybe. It's done um, produced it. Like, so you remember, know, you, yeah. you guys know who the original director of this movie, right? Burton. Well, yeah, it was Tim yeah. Burton. Yeah. It was Tim Burton. Oh, yeah. That makes more sense. Um, and then I do remember that now. Last yeah, Temptation make, like yeah. just get halted, and mm-hmm. Scorsese found the screenplay and was like, "I want to make this." Uh, Joseph sure. Minion is the guy's name. Um, and then it said he yeah. had help from Bob, Kevin, and Stewart. Um, but then, <laughs> yeah. uh, Tim Burton so, like heard Scorsese want to do it and was like, "Oh, like by all means, like you right, should make yeah. this movie." And what I think Scorsese infects it with is it's like more specific idea of New York than I think Tim Burton would have. Would it just like what if like an uptown yuppie goes to downtown? Yes. Like what is that what is like the worst case scenario that that sort of person might imagine about sure. like, going yeah. to going to that sort of thing and sort of I putting guess. them in that prison. And then it, I, mean, I mean yeah. I guess but you know obviously I was never downtown in the 80s but like that yeah. stuff doesn't feel uh, nothing it really, about that yeah. feels it, it doesn't I, feel does, new york it rubs to me, me for some wrong reason. like i don't bit. understand why i mean like i don't know part of me. it is just like clearly it wasn't made for much money like there's just never people around yes i i like how empty which it is like that. that is kind of interesting but like 
I, this sounds like I'm making a joke, but like it feels like little Joe of like, this is not, nothing is real here. This is just like weird constructed. There's no actual any, you know, no yeah. reality beyond this, yeah. which, you know, is fine. It, it It's more just like, Less of like this doesn't feel like New York, and more of just like this doesn't feel like an interesting take on what you know on queerness or anything like that. Not you know, I just, eh, sure, yeah. The um, there's just like things that I uh, like the Wizard of Oz stuff. I think is so funny, um, with Arquette. Um, and then like Dunn just like never minding his own business like when he pulls out like the ointment is reading it and like can't get it back in the bag is one of those things that is just like smallly frustrating and it's like this guy can't do anything right and then he like opens the book of like healing burn victims or whatever and like has his freak out yeah Yeah. I think I, I, I also sort of like it and respect about it it just like I, I don't know in a way how a way to put this then that's not insulting, but just like I guess how much of a regular guy Griffin Dunn looks like. Like the movie opens on like a close-up of yeah. his like unibrow and his yes, like his unibrow is so kind funny. <laughs> and his like kind of crooked teeth. And I sort of appreciate that that just sort of like just how mundane his whole thing is. Yeah. Which I which yeah. sort of like helps me. I do also, I mean, I don't know how well I can articulate this, but I do have a note. It's funny that you called it heavy specifically, Andy, because yeah. I was like, he's really got like a delicate touch. Like no, I found the camera to be very gliding instead of like heavy. It, it feels so uh like not buoyant, but it is just like the way that it hops between everything and like obviously his editing style of like the the sharp zooms and cuts and everything. Yeah, yeah I mean, locked, I, it's not locked down. No, I, yes. the like, I don't know. I, 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 I mostly like the way the movie works. There are a few times where I am like, he's laying it on a little thick for what this is, but I more am like, oh, that's like a little bit of uh, a relief from the like, uh, you know, me being annoyed at the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I, yeah, I was also like just very frustrated by like, having all these like great actresses and then feeling like they were all just there in relief to Griffin Dunn. And like, I didn't feel like, like, obviously there's like a lot of, they, ha- they have bits and they have like stuff to yeah, do. Yeah, but they're not, but it's like bits. Really. Right. They're I just all feel like, just, like, it really, like I should like love a Catherine O'Hara performance in a movie like this. And like, it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Or, like, it is like, Gary I don't Gar, know. Like should, yeah. I should like, be, I don't. Like, yeah. Both are great. I think there are strong female performances or characters in Scorsese, but this does just, and you know, there are also times where I'm like, oh, well, that character is not great, but we're, and you know, not, he's not giving a great thing for that actress to do, but it works fine in the movie. This is kind of just like, oh, he's just putting in like seven different women, and when they're all back to back, it's like, all right, guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. I don't know. I, don't, I guess I, I feel I feel the back to back of the, them less. I feel like there is 
enough time spent with i mean let's back to back we're just putting them all in the same movie it's like okay none of these are like well it's anyone with griffin dunn is that i think they all are basically the same like heard and you know but uh, like heard is like very like sympathetic and on his side until he gets drawn into the mob you know like he comes off as like a very nice guy until the turn i feel like well i think he that is what I mean. The turn is finding out that he is potentially Arquette's boyfriend, and um, that uh, no, even after that, it's not. I feel like even like when they meet again in the diner, like they still have a pretty like nice cordial conversation, well, and it's not until he leaves. That, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I think at that point, it's like Dunn is like trying to like keep his ass covered right. so he doesn't find out that he was yes. there or whatever. Yeah, and like. That it is just done being the asshole all the time of like flooding the guy's toilet and like instantly being aggressive with his neighbors as soon as he leaves. Like the flooding the toilet, that's a moment where I'm that's just like, funny. I really I've been, like I, that. I, I've, I've, I've been that's a great been in the situation. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm in this bathroom and there's the plunger like well, are you yeah, just like shuts like, the I, lid and yeah, you see all the yeah. blue water that's right great. he doesn't even try to turn off the water flow or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just yeah. like <laughs> this idiot um and then he gets yeah i guess i, I mean yeah. i guess i i can't i kind of don't know really what's like i think they are supporting performances to what the movie is like like i guess you could sort of like i understand the the point of view of just like maybe you're misusing these very talented actresses i mostly think they're very successful solid performances within the they're all good they're being used, I just, I yeah and then like the most compelling i think fiorentino specifically very fun like that part very yes. fun. yeah, part, yeah. Whole, what her whole deal is yes yeah. i mean and like every time she throws the keys to him and he like gets scared <laughs> yeah yeah for me yeah, it's so just like probably the, the, the way i feel about this movie yeah. is i it's like it's a very the piece of art that I always think about complimenting it is like the rock bottom episode of Spongebob. Sure. I was just like that sort of thing about being trapped in a place. Being trapped in a place that seems mostly familiar, but just due to like the, the time where you are there, it, it just like, it mm-hmm. seems completely foreign and like yeah. a trap. Yes. Which I which I was always felt to me like a very accurate depiction of that sort of nightlife of just like you have stayed up 10 minutes too late and now the entire world has changed around you oh, yeah. and now you don't know how to get home and you don't know like what how any of these people who are still awake could behave and react to you. Yeah, where it's like uh, the subway fare went up one hour ago or whatever. Right. Yeah. There, um, it, there is a lot of stuff in this that I thought was cool and responded to and there's the, just too much stuff where I was like nah for it to land on it positively. A bit that where he's talking about the subway token and how the price changed, and then he jumps the guard, yeah, and, and then it's it, it literally yeah. the cop. And it is, yeah, it's so funny. And, and I, I think he, like, he, he again, is, I guess it's yeah. like maybe just maybe seeing myself too much in it, but he, I do think he has the response <laughs> sure. that I would have, where he's just like, Listen, man, I haven't done that, I've yeah, where he's like, I've never done that before in my life. In my life. <laughs> I just thought it would yeah. be fine, and it's yeah. just like that is very interesting depiction of just a person who sort of thinks they should be able to get away with things yes. that they can't get away with yes. because it, it is but he does get away with everything kinda sure. but at the end of the day it's also sort of like 
I mean, it, you know, what it's if, like, yeah, clearly the end is just like, this is not in, you know, like, it's not a, a movie that's ever trying to be realistic. And obviously sure. the end is like very silly of like, he's in this office and he looks like shit, but like, you know, he, he's fine. I guess he's fi- he's fine, but he spent a very bad night, which I guess I don't know. Maybe sure. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of. I guess I don't know if this is even a conversation I want to have, but it's like, I don't think anything he does is that bad to be like, well, there should be some like serious punishment for what the way he's been behaving. I think him having no. a really no. bad night, him having I... a really bad night, and then the next day just like finding himself at his office looking like shit is just like, yeah, well, that's like the sort of. Yeah, he's Funny, like, I'll never do it. it again. I'll never do it again. That was a mistake. It's just like a very like eighties comedy e, I guess, idea. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I don't like morally take issue with the movie letting him off the hook. I don't think he's like evil. I don't think he, you know, should go to prison or whatever. I just think it is yeah. not. You know, it strain. You know, I don't know. Yeah, like. This is a thing I read somewhere about it that I thought was sort of like a very interesting take of, of for this movie. That it's like obviously like almost on the sort of controversial end where it's almost a, this movie about this guy who is like he's like a white uptown guy with like yeah. a sort of like respectable job all of a sudden finding himself in like a context and situation in which he is not the person who can just like who has all the power he can just skirt everything through it is sure. sort of he's yes. himself in a situation which turns him completely upside down and then like as soon as daytime comes back up he is sort back, of normal yeah. again right and, just, and you uh, i mean yes but also like yeah like the fact that he is white and like looks straight is like why he does not mo- end this movie dead or in prison which like i you know i guess that's the point but also like whatever i don't know it's not um i will say i enjoyed the uh the the this the little story thread that i most enjoyed was um when he closed the loop on the taxi driver and like sure, gives when him he, the, he pay him and then the, yeah. when he was able to pay him back later and then the guy just takes mm-hmm. the 20 bucks and yeah. shares away from him um, yeah, that's a decent bit and i did yeah. also um the scorsese cameo was also sure. uh, yeah, that fun, was fun griffin fun dunn kind of looks like him. scorsese yeah, that's yeah like, got the same yeah. floppy hair like he, well, yeah, he, yeah he has to like it's like he has to have a beard so that they don't look too black haired scorsese is like I, I i it always throws me mm-hmm. off like i'm just yeah, so used sure. to him yeah. with the white hair of, of, of modern yeah. times but uh he should bring the beard f- back yeah um, did, i feel like he did at one point i, think I feel like i've seen sure. him in the last few years with a beard um I, I mean, I just, I love how, like, everything keeps snapping, like, there's all the rat traps, there's all the fucking, like, uh, when he's, like, finally having mm. the moment at the end in the bar where they're playing, is that all there is? And he's, like, laying his head down, and then instantly it's, like, door slams open, and he's, like, they're here, like, freaking out. Mm-hmm. Every time he gets a moment, it's, like, snapping him out of it is so funny. The and then also is... just like the bit of putting him in the statue is really funny, <laughs> and it, it getting dropped on the street out of the back. That, of the I was like, well, yeah. When they when the when Cheech and Chong were lifting it, I was like, oh, he's not in it now. You can tell. Sure. <laughs> <It's> 
I guess I, I don't know. He's a small guy. He might be really yeah. skinny. He, you know, he might weigh a solid like ninety pounds to be Cheech and Chong liftable. Right. Wait, I think also, he's credited as Thomas Chong, which is good. Yes, uh, the credits are so cool. Um, the credits I, I do all. I love how I, like the movie, um, I think yeah. everyone. Um, like it, it just like the the weird like vibes are off energy throughout as like so I think Arquette is so good at that when she comes back and she's like what do you say it's like nothing <laughs> yeah that is God. again I think this maybe is just a movie that speaks to a very specific set of anxieties yes that, uh, me and Co- <laughs> me and Cullen are very specifically sharing but that is another moment where I'm just like I am worried about that all the time somebody just come in and be like what did you say and then me being like nothing and then me like this guy is weird he definitely said something and <laughs> yes and like, which is such sure. a insane that she's like what? you didn't just say anything and he's like no and like we didn't obviously he didn't say anything that we're seeing but it is like yeah yes. specific anxiety dreams i have about being trapped somewhere where i can't get out of that is like somewhere i know and like trying to do things for people and also getting canceled <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, I did look it up. The time I am thinking of semi-recently when he had a beard is, of course, when he was helping do a little bit of press for me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Uh, and he interviewed that director because I think he had been his AD. And he, he had a beard at that point. That's sick. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I love the all the clock ticking stuff is fun. The phone ring is just like perfectly adding to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I don't really know what what else to say except that I just fa- everything in it I find sort of it's speaking to a sort of anxiety mm-hmm. that mounts throughout the film, right. and then it let and then it like escalates till it sort of empties it like a it's right. <laughs> yeah. a very fun. Comedic yeah. bit, like, yeah. I, and I'm just like, well, I wouldn't have ever gone out after the woman, so like, it's like I would have just been a single the whole time. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I'm like, I, I, I get all of the stuff that is cool about this movie, and I'm just like too put off by it to, sure, totally yeah. buy in. But like, yeah, I like, yeah, I think it just really does go back. Like, I, I really like when he's handling like really serious. Like, I love silence. I love, like, I love, like, sure, it's, really, I mean, like thematic yeah like big important themes scorsese or whatever and i'm like a little less into his like lighter lighter fare um sure which like obviously the big i guess the big theme stuff doesn't work for me either it is what the stuff that does work for me is when i he can get that like you know like the irishman has fun stuff obviously wall street leans more into comedy uh Goodfellas, I guess, is that, but I kind of am just like, that movie's fine. I'm trying to think which one. Uh, I basically like Bringing Up the Dead, you might respond to, just Yeah, I could definitely see, you know, I could see being into King of Comedy. King of Comedy also, I need to rewatch that now that I've been like Jerry Lewis (laughs) pilled. Maybe. Um, I'll I'll say the one that I had almost a disappointing response to was Taxi Driver. That's the one where I'm just like, Taxi Driver, I saw so long Yeah, it's ago. been so long I that know. I... Yeah. I mean, also like, Hugo, I, but Hugo, I wasn't I like, not have Hugo. Uh, Hugo's whatever, who cares? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it, it It came up when we had to stop recording for a moment, but like, Age of Innocence. You said, Andy, that, like, 
after hours had the reputation as being the cool one and like maybe but i feel like at this point age of innocence is the like yeah. this is the really cool one not i guess not like cool but like this is the like oh people with really good taste their favorite one yeah. is age of innocence oh that's true which it's one of his best <laughs> i mean yeah i i i would believe it yeah um but yeah i mean color money is also just like that one is it's so stylish and like that, Newman yeah, is mo- the coolest. <laughs> that movie's so fucking good. That movie is almost the most like because when I think about Scorsese, this is something I was gonna say earlier and I didn't think and I like couldn't find a way to articulate it, but I feel like most directors, especially directors who have been working as long as him, you can almost find like either a progression or a demarcation point of just like, well, this is when they start doing more of this thing and this is when they start doing more of this thing and i think Mm -hmm. the interesting thing about scorsese is that he's most he like has been able to bounce between a lot of things at any point of his career it's like hard to pick up like oh well in the 90s he was doing and previous to that he was doing more of this thing yeah or this thing which i guess certainly like it is sort of the weird thing that gives him the like weird like mainstream reputation of him as a mob guy where it's just like well like every 10 years every like five years he or like 10 years he makes yeah. a mob movie and that's the one that connects yes. to and that's like one that people respond to but in between that he's doing a bunch of different things on either end i mean he has sort of starting with wolf of wall street basically fallen into like big historical epic but the sure. that one is different i the Irishman and Killers of the Flower Moon do feel a little bit like the the most like sort of the same type of movie, even if they are about different things. But certainly, like he could announce like anything as his next movie, and I'd be like, like sure. And you know, maybe he does do the Jerry Garcia movie. I want to see that. So I want to see that so bad. Oh, I mean, if you haven't seen the Last Waltz, Jesse, that'll be the one. <laughs> oh, I um, I've seen the Last Waltz. Oh. I I. I don't know. That movie's fine. I like. I would much rather. I would rather listen to the uh, album of that than watch the movie. And would also probably rather listen to, uh, just uh, the band album or Before the Flood than The Last Waltz. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, guess what I was gonna say is that After Hours and Color of Money are almost just like a very specific interesting point for him because those feel like the two movies where he's like mm-hmm. maybe i can just be a normal director who just like makes <laughs> sure. whatever like maybe right. that's where he my career script and like, my, right. my, my <laughs> career will be and then after that is sure that is sort of obviously the period when he's trying to make the last temptation of christ right yes. i guess so, that yeah. must be what because it, it is weird that that happened after raging bull it would make much more sense if he had like done new york new york and gone into a wilderness period but instead he makes new york new york then makes one of his most critically successful movies then goes into kind of a wilderness period yeah i mean then he makes king of comedy which i guess is a weird oh sure but... it's been sort of that's like i have, one that yeah, I have no idea movie. what the reaction to that movie at the time was yeah yeah but after hours and but it, yeah. that, it's, i guess it sort of speaks to like obviously even though this is the most like uh, what we spoke to, this was a script that was written. Tim Burton was going to direct right. it, and then he decided mm-hmm. to direct it. Like it sort of speaks to what his right. respect was at the time that he could get it into can competition. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And he won the uh, best director. 
you should just go to Schrader and be like, what do you have in the can? You're throwing a bunch of scripts to different yeah. people. I'll just do one of your little doodles next. Gotta if, say, if, if extremely they reunited... skeptical about that Elizabeth Moss movie. I'll say that. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, because... It's funny that he was like, I can't make this, and then give it to Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Bring Out the Dead is the last time they worked together, right? I guess so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Bring Out the Dead and Last Temptation are so good that it is like whatever he if they if they reunited, I think it would be so crazy. No, it is interesting because it's like it's not like I think a lot of people like Schrader that you're like, maybe they should just write a movie for the classic collaborator again. Well he it's produced I don't, this, right? that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he should write a Moonother movie for him. I'm <laughs> saying Scorsese of... should just take something. Yeah. Like, if Antoine Fuqua was like, oh, actually, I'm too busy, the next call should be to Martin Scorsese. Yeah, he should just make something like that that's very regular, though. Yeah. I do think he is sort of in that period where a lot of, like, directors of his, even right. beyond his generation, just any director with power in the industry where it's just like, right. no, I have I, every movie I have to make needs sure. to be, like, a yeah. blank check big movie because I don't know when they're going to start cutting off the host of these. Right. In this, I do think that, like, him just being like, I'll toss something off would be interesting that in the same way that, like, when it sounded like the next Spielberg was just like, I don't know, I'll just do Bullet. Like, that. Yeah. I wasn't like, I love Bullet sounds so cool. I was just like, oh, it's interesting that he's just like, oh, I'll work with, like, a big actor on, like, a thing that right. sounds on, like, cool. a big action. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, David I don't care Fincher made World War Z, too. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean that's I I don't even I feel, there, I feel like there was it. another one of those recently where it's just like this person is gonna direct that. I feel yes. like the, well, there's a difference between just like throw you know like a huge director just like I don't know I'll do some random script then I'm gonna hop into a franchise. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um. Might, yeah. This is also I believe this is the film where um, Thomas Schumacher and uh, Michael Powell met. And uh, mm. began their relationship. And uh, Michael Powell like had some sort of role behind the scenes. And I feel like you can see... Is, I mean, obviously, the influence of Powell and Pressburger is throughout sure. Scorsese's mm-hmm. work. And he's constantly talking about how important uh, they are to him. But I do feel like there are moments here where I... Like that scene where he is being caressed uh, at the end of the bar while they're playing. Is that all there is? And there's a lot of his music choices... Or his relation to um, where he puts music and uh, these specific insert shots feel very, and the cuts as well feel very sort of Powell and Pressburger-esque. That's like the best song. And it's oh, is funny. that all there is? Anytime you play it, it is just like, yeah, we got, we got it. It's like, it's perfectly used. And speaking of, is that older <laughs> that might yeah. be all that there is yeah i want killers to the flower so. moon uh how yeah. are we how are we, i'm excited uh Lily yeah, i mean i love you know yeah it's gladstone is really cast. gladstone plans yeah. uh are the yeah. exciting aspects yeah of what everyone gets to, to do i don't oh, really my. know the story at all i weirdly like read like two-thirds of the book and was like oh this is interesting and good uh and then just like fell off yeah I th- I think what I didn't read was I assume it was the like going back and through more of the what will be the De Niro DiCaprio stuff. 
sure right yeah um, of course yeah i am a well-known dicaprio hater so that's always hard for me to get sure. excited for um but uh, a lot of the other stuff seems cool about it so we'll see yeah and what did it, it yeah. ended up clocking in at what three hours 20 or something like that yeah. it was like mm-hmm. a little under the irishman or whatever right yeah mm-hmm. um so that's that sounds perfectly fine to me yeah yeah <sighs> You know, I'll certainly see it. I imagine I'll like it. Yeah, I mean, I certainly have, well, I'll see it. Yeah, for sure. Um, special presentations. Do I have something else to talk about? Yeah, it's a um, real. We just recorded, and we gotta figure out if we have a second. I can. One. I can say something really Great. quick. Uh, Jesse Ware dropped a new album recently. There's a song on it called Shake the Bottle that I think is very good. And I've listened to a bunch and I think people should listen to. It's a little rich man's frog. Shrug, uh-huh. Frog? Is it frog? Is that frog. what it's called? Yep. The frog. It, it, it's a little that, you know, it's a little like. It's a little like 70s. Like, I haven't listened yet. I'm a big Jesse Ware fan. Yeah. Uh, um, people saying that it's sort of a flop album. They're not correct. They're very wrong on that front. Um, uh, the other two is back is, is, is the other thing that I started watching the season three just started, uh, you know, great, um, great, great show. I've talked about it every season. I think it's been on, uh, as a special presentation here, uh, Drew Tarver, Helena York, uh, Molly Shannon, just doing incredible work on that show. Uh, and they found a fun new angle for her, uh, as, as, as of this point, two episodes have, have dropped, as we're recording, I think there'll be six out by the time this episode comes out, six or eight, maybe. Um, and yeah, the, the, the Molly Shannon is like a billionaire now arc uh, seems like it's going to be really fun to me. So that's funny. Um, I didn't know yeah, it got or, there yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sort of trying to push my way through season two to get to season three. Yeah. I think season one is like one of the funniest comedies of recent memory and season two I'm struggling with a bit. But uh I mean, I've heard good things about season three, and I'm excited to get there. Season one was 2019 or 2018. It might have been 2018. Yeah, it was. And then season two was 21. Yeah, season two like came out like it's. I think they shot a bunch of it before the pandemic, and then like finished it after. Sure. Um. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, they incorporate the pandemic interestingly, uh, into the show. That's funny. Yeah. Um. Sure. Uh, I the other the other night uh threw on uh I love you honey bear and I had not listened to Father John Misty in a while and still haven't like kept up with his new albums but yeah. uh, that album's still really really good he, yeah he's a funny guy <laughs> he's really funny yeah um it certainly has become less clear over the years how in on the joke he is but. That album you listen to and you're just I like, think... yeah, this guy, yeah, you know, he's probably mostly, you know, he's I maybe feel like two he... in on it. Sure, at this point, um, <laughs> I'll say, listen to Total Entertainment Forever is my plug. Then, oh, I, I mean, I, really I like your comedy too. I like, yeah. I like that next album as well. It's my after favorite is still the first one, more just... but I do need, to, I should listen to them all again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. after pure comedy where I like stopped listening and I'm like, yeah. uh, this guy's whatever. <laughs> Maybe they're good. I listened to the next one once or twice. Uh, 
what the new one with the silly name. Yeah. Um. Well, I think with that, uh, you can follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at Can I Kick It. You can follow us on Letterboxd or Instagram at CIKI Pod. You can email us questions at Can I Kick It Pod at gmail.com. We're uh, always happy to accept any donations. Of um, maybe we'll come up with some more perks this year. Sure. Um, and, uh, and if you want to do that, if you want to donate, you can do that at coffee.com slash can i ko dash fi.com slash c-a-n-n-e-s-i our theme song is by tree related who's on spotify and soundcloud at tree related and if you want to follow any of us on twitter you can do so i'm at clatchley andy's andy t germ jesse's jcp click weber with two b's and emilio is i'm laugh alone and check out our tiktok where emilio has been posting <laughs> stuff from can yeah <laughs> Hashtag and. slap. Nope. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> and with that, I will release our audience. Bye. Bye. Bye.